This is episode number 130 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, myself and Chris Bellamy had the opportunity to talk to Darlene Check. And man, are you going to love this one. Um, you can read the show notes over at thechurchcollective.com, but she just jumps into so much wisdom. Um, so I just want to encourage you to probably bookmark this one or get a uh, notepad with you and get ready because there's just tons of stuff that you are going to want to hear and you're going to want to pass on to your team. So here we go with episode number 130 of the Church Collective Podcast. It was six years ago that Mark said to me, he said, I think we're going to have another adventure. Hmm. And um, I'm like, what? You know, I thought we were kind of going fishing, fly fishing or something. You know, I love fishing. And um, he's like, I think there's a church in us. And, you know, in all of our married life, we had never, the only thing we'd ever said was we'd never wanted to pastor a church. Hmm. You've got to be careful with your nevers, I think. Oh, God. And um, so, you know, we found ourselves pastoring this little church on the central coast of New South Wales, which is called Hope You See, Hope Unlimited Church. And um, all our kids came and our, you know, grandbabies now. And um, God's been doing amazing things. And I guess everything that I had learned and taught and um, done over the past, you know, the previous kind of 27 years um, with Hillsong Church it was being retested from the beginning, hmm. you know, at this little, little campus. And um, now, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, we've got so many amazing worship leaders and songwriters. And, um, in fact, we're doing our first worship conference this July, and I'm, I feel like a kid at Christmas, hmm. you know. It's just all new again. And um, so, you know, yeah, you know, going – you know, since we've been here, you know, I've gone through, gone to hell and back with my health. Yeah. Um, but even that, I'm just like, God, I'm so glad I was kind of hidden away a little bit, tucked away for that season. Um, and, you know, I'm doing good. So, I mean, all in all, Ryan, before God, I'm just so grateful. And um, God's doing really good things. I'm learning a lot. And, you know, I pray that we are being a blessing. You know, it's just about loving God and loving people and keeping it that simple sure. and loving people into Christ, you know. So, yeah, yeah we're having a bit, of a bit of a blast, really. Sure. <laughs> That's awesome. How do you, um, I think, like, you speak of that gratefulness for God. Like, how, how do you keep your heart fresh for that? I mean, thinking of the, just the tenure of ministry that you've been through, how do you, how do you keep yourself tender to God to really continue to be grateful to Him without getting you know, stuck in maybe the day-to-day work of church or, you know, we'll often talk about ministry really just being a burden or people burning out. Like, what have you done to protect yourself on that? Because, I mean, obviously you're, sounds like you're on top of the mountain at this point and God's really worked through a bunch with you. Um, But how do you foster that? Yeah, I think, you know, Thanksgiving is a really powerful thing. You know, in Hebrews when it says, um, therefore, since we're receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, you know, which is one amazing wow moment when you think about that. And then it says um, that we are to worship God acceptably and with awe, hmm. and it says thanksgiving. Sure. And I think, you know, even when we read through the, all the scriptures on prayer in the Bible, it says with thanksgiving. You know, you find prayer, worship, and thanksgiving like this um, this trio that you can't, like Peter, Paul, and Mary, you know, you can't really separate them um, and, you know, I, I, re- I always remember 
you know, when I got saved and I got radically saved at 15 and I was already living out of home and I was a really broken person. So I think, you know, whenever I get find myself getting complicated or stuck in my own thoughts, I, I go back and I remember what God has done in my life and truly it doesn't take long, Ryan, before I find my spirit man almost yelling <laughs> bigger than me um, in thanksgiving to God because I know what he's rescued me from. I know what like life was like BC <laughs> before Christ and, you know, I'm, oh, gosh. So I think, you know, with all of us, you know, no one can do that for you. We have to do that ourselves. You know, you can't get your pastor and your friends and even your spouse. No one can do that for you. You have got to develop your own way of getting back to that Thanksgiving. Mm. You know, being the word every morning, that, that'll do it for you. Sure. <laughs> that'll <laughs> confront you. It does me. Yeah, that's great. Hey, Darlene, what, what's your role like at your current church that you're at now? Oh, well, it's, well, you know, we, we kind of co-pastor, Mark and I, of the church. Um, we've got a few campuses here on the Central Coast, so definitely leadership um, and pastoring, which I love. We've got campuses in India as well, and, you know, I just love and have always loved the people side of ministry. You know, I love, I'm, I'm in the hospitals, I'm um, preaching, I'm helping lead our different teams and, you know, not just the women but, you know, the men as well and then in our worship team, just coaching. You know, I see myself as a coach. God has given us great leaders in our worship team and then, you know, one guy, Luke Taylor, who um, heads up our worship team, you know, I I see myself as a coach in that space. And then, you know, I still feel a great responsibility for worship teams around the globe. And so I find myself teaching and, and coaching in those spaces, you know, whether it's local and unseen or global and seen. I, I just find myself in those spaces and I never take it for granted, you know. So, you know, I do a lot of songwriting as well. We've got a studio here and, um, yeah, so it's just kind of day to day. I, I mean, I also take better care of myself these days, so I have a bit more space and I paddleboard and I do all those things and I make it a priority to take time just for to build my soul every day. Um, so, you know, it, it's beautiful. And because our family is here as well, I mean, we just we do it together and that's a really special uh, – I feel like it's a gift God has given me. I feel like I'm living in my double blessing right now it's not perfect but I sense the smile of God you know it's pretty awesome um, a lot of female worship leaders we talk to um, both artists and just local worship leaders they say they will mention you as their influence um, and I'm curious who was your influence since you were kind of for a lot of people were the beginning so where did where did you pull from yeah, it's an interesting question. You know, when I first started leading worship, um, yeah, it, there just wasn't really many, well, there wasn't many at all female worship leaders. And 
to be honest, um, it was just being at home in my church, you know, being around people who would say, you could do it, you can do it. You know, I used to um, have to write everything down if I was ever even going to say welcome to the church, you know, in the morning. I would have to write it down. I was so timid. Um, but the people around me just in our team and my husband, he'd say, come on, you can do this. Don't think at all the of all the things that you can't do, just look at what God's given you and just do that. And then I think, um, you know, great leaders, like I, I used to have a, by my bed, a Graham Kendrick book on worship, a um, John Maxwell book on leadership and a, um, oh, what's his beautiful um, in LA? I can see his face. Um, Jack Hayford. Right, so I just used to read, you know, and I think, well, if I, I only need to stay one week in front of our team as far as understanding. So, you know, I'd read a passage and then I'd, you know, study on it and then I'd teach it to our team and I'm like, well, we're learning this together. This is what worship is all about. And really those leadership men and then the leaders at Hillsong Church and my own husband, you know, they just coached me whether they knew it or not. Um, and bit by bit, I mean, I used to love harmonies. And I still do. So even our own, you know, the Hillsong Church, you know, second chapter of Acts, I used to listen to those harmonies and say, come on, guys, let's, we can do this, you know, and then Brooklyn Tab and we did lots of choir things for years and years and years. Um, you know, so we just gleaned from anyone who was doing anything. Sure. <laughs> And I think that's how the body is. I, I mean, I do love the body of Christ. I think, you know, when we're sharing and when we're playing fair, when we're not pulling each other down, when we're playing well in the fields, I think it's a really powerful thing. Hmm. How do you um, identify people to be able to, like, take under your wing and for worship leading specifically? Like, how, how do you, what are you looking for? Like, what kind of spark are you looking for in people? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um because there's lots of talented people um, and I have a pretty good radar except I also know that because of because I am flesh, I can miss it all the time. So I try to not put my filter over people. Um, I feel like people either qualify or disqualify themselves, you know, on the journey. Yeah. Um, and my job is to encourage everyone hmm. that's around me to not be the best in their craft, although, you know, if you're going to bring anything before the Lord, I think there is a responsibility for you to do that, you know. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't bring God your leftovers. Um, so, you know, yes, that's one thing. But then there is something in people that is a hunger, uh, a humility, a faithfulness in them, and on an uncomplicatedness. Um, those things are are their standouts. Sure. You know, when you see somebody who's just hungry after God, who's willing to learn, who has humility, who's willing to serve. You know, I mean, all of our worship team. You know, I'm always saying to them, get out of the back room, mm-hmm. get into congregation go and talk to people go and pray with people don't sit here and preen your feathers sure. while you get ready you know 
<laughs> I, I'm probably the worship pastor from hell in some regards because <laughs> sure. uh, I, I have a really narrow bandwidth for prima donna, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and and but you know, in the long run, it, it works so well because you grow people who are ministers, not just well, I only. I've met so many people who say, well, I am the worship leader here, and I think, wow, that's dangerous. Sure. That's really dangerous language. No, you're part of the, you're part of the body, you're part of a team, you, you know, you're not the right. person. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah. don't get me started. Oh, that's fantastic. I'd love to, like, keep on that a little bit. Like, maybe at your church, like, there seems to be, like, a big trend as best as possible. Like, there's a lot of churches are doing multiple worship leaders for a single service. And I think people are really starting to see the value in that. And like thinking back over just, you know, the litany of projects you've worked on, like that's kind of been the norm for you guys for a long time. Um, it's really neat to like hear your heart in that. Could you maybe give some advice for somebody who's um, maybe not like trying to not do that at their church, but they're just having a hard time identifying who they could do that with and how to go about like changing it to where they're not just that front man the entire time or woman, you know, doing it every week. Yeah. I mean, I think for pastors, it comes from the pastors as well, you know. Mm. So I think for pastors, you've got to realize that doing that to somebody is a lot of pressure. Is a, you, you create a pressure to perform. Sure. And performance isn't part of the worship makeup. In fact, it's the ante of what makes worship worship, mm. you know. So if you're pushing that onto one person, you end up creating someone who feels very under pressure to perform and and that's unfair. You know, so I think pastors have got to also be up for the change. Sure. Um, that's a good thought. And yeah. And then I think when you're well look, I, I right or rightly or wrongly, I think everything that I do and with our team everything that they do, I always will expect that there'll be someone by their side that they're training up. Hmm. It's just a way of life. You always have someone with you. You know, I, I picture it as a mother with a child on her hip. I mean, that child is learning from you, whether you're talking to someone or cooking or whatever. You know, that child is learning the whole time, and I feel like that when we're raising up people You've got to have someone on your hip mm. all the time that you are raising up and releasing. Yeah. And so, you know, even having um, – you can start by putting someone else on with you. Maybe they're on an acoustic guitar or just singing with you and you give them a song and just say, I don't want you to sing this. I want you to lead this. I'm stepping out for this song. You're leading this song. Mm. And so you basically set people up to win. Yeah. You, you know, they they are learning in a safe environment, um, and it's going to be great, you know. Mm. So you know, don't set people up to fail. Sure, that's great. You know, and I think there's lots of little tricks like that that you can really help people find their wings when it comes to leadership and worship. Yeah. What would you say the key to longevity as a worship leader is? Um, I know a lot of churches these days are are trying to always have young and fresh worship leaders and almost too quick to, to push older worship leaders off the platform. 
Um, so, you know, how have you had success in that? Yeah, well, I think if I'm talking now to older <laughs> myself, older worship leaders, um, there's a responsibility on you to stay fresh, not to stay young, you know, and try and be something that you're not, but to stay fresh and to stay new. And I think that's more the challenge, and I, I would put that challenge out to older worship leaders. If you are older and you become the um, the Nigel No friends of the team, you know, you're always criticising everyone and, oh, very resistant to change and um, et cetera, et cetera, then it will only be a matter of time before you find yourself not on the team. But if you are someone who becomes like a mother or a father in that team, someone who will encourage, someone who can lead or who can stand at the side and intercede. If you have your own personal commitment to staying new, and I think, you know, in God we have the incredible advantage of being made new every day, you know. So I think you've got to kind of find your confidence in that I think sometimes it's all wrapped up in identity and then people, you know, if they've had all their identity in what they do and then suddenly what you what you do is actually being challenged or stretched, you know, you can become like the squeaky wheel in the corner. So, you know, my, my encouragement would be to anyone a bit older, be valuable in the team, you know, make yourself valuable, be pliable, be flexible. Be a champion of all those coming through. Don't be threatened. For me, when people come through um, and overtake me, to, to be honest, I feel like that's my job. So if that's not happening, I feel like I'm failing, you know, and, and actually no one tells you to hang around till you get a bit older and stick at it because actually this age and watching, you know, the greatness above you, no one tells you how wonderful it is. Um, until you get there and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is fantastic. Hmm. All these young people who are who need you, actually, they need you to s tell them how they went, to pray with them when they're feeling insecure and don't think they can lead, um, walk them through life's trials, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, I think we need more older worship um not just leaders, but leadership, worship champions who, you know, are secure and who can really just take their place in, in this, these critical days. We need the mothers and fathers. Is there any um, new music, new worship music that you're excited about, like new artists? Oh, seriously, I nearly ran off the road yesterday listening to um, Do It Again by Elevation Church. I mean, oh, my gosh. That's I great. just, you know, the last, and last weekend we taught Fullness, which is also from the same project. Um, yeah, I literally, I would have heard um, Do It Again 20 times in the last day. Hmm. Um, so, there's always great new songs around. You know, I keep my ear to the ground and, um, I mean, Kim Walker's album, I mean, a couple of those songs, Starlight 
you know, sons and daughters, um, beautiful Lauren Daigle. Mm. There is so much amazing music out there right now. Um, yeah, I think I think it's fantastic. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit about Here I Am, Send Me. Um, you know, what was God stirring in your heart and what's God been doing in and through it here? Yeah, well, it's been pretty exciting. I, for me, it was a bit of a, you know, I with revealing Jesus, you know, I really kind of declared war on cancer and then mm. cancer kind of declared war on me. Yeah. And I, I just could not let that be the end, you know. I just like, no way. And it was actually um, in worship, my eldest daughter, Amy, who's quite prophetic, she said, Mum, I've got this word in my spirit, you know, Hanani. She said, I don't know anything about it. So we went looking and found, you know, Genesis 22, the first time the actual word worship is used in the word and it's when God calls Abraham and Abraham says, yes, Lord, and actually it means Hanani, which means whatever you ask before you even ask it, my answer is yes. Hmm. And so... You know, and then we know the story. We hear Abraham and Isaac, and there's no band or songs or music, but there's an altar, and there's a life about to be laid down yeah. on an altar. So we find this description of worship being opened up in a powerful way. And so that's where it came from. I'm like, yep, God, that's my prayer. I don't, whatever you ask, my answer is yes. And and to be honest, Ryan, I felt like that across the church right now, if we're not in that place of God, you know, whatever you ask, and because of the darkness on the earth right now, I, th- I think that challenge um, to be fully dedicated be- before the Lord is very real for everybody right now, everyone who is a Christ follower. You know, you can't sit in the yeah. middle. Right. You just cannot sit in the middle. So that's kind of where this project started. And then, you know, the the order of songs is very purposeful. Right from the first song, You Are Great, where when I was very sick, um, Martin Smith hopped on a plane that still brings me to tears and flew over to our home and sat with us and walked with my husband and sang over our church and just I was, you know, deathly ill lying down and he just said to me, Dals, let's write a song. <laughs> I mean, I could hardly breathe. Yeah. And he said, what do you want to say? Hmm. And I literally just said, let's just say he's great. And so we wrote the song, You Are Great, and that's where we start. And so for me, it's very personal, very powerful, um, very intimate, and yet everything in me wanted to declare that name of Jesus above every circumstance. And, yeah, so that's here I am. Yeah, that's <laughs> so great. Yeah. How, how do you, I know personally too, when I face difficult times, like sometimes the last thing I want to do is worship, and I know that's what I need to do. Um Having gone through what you've gone through, do you have any any advice or any encouragement for somebody who maybe just feels like they're having the roughest time right now and they don't want to run to God, but they, they know they, they should? Do you have any encouragement for them? Yeah, I, I would just say, look, 
and this is the role of the worship leader, you know, it's like we, our role is to stand and say, come on, hmm. come on, lift your head. If, if you're finding it hard, all I can say is, you know, as hard as it is, God still gives us a choice. Hmm. Still says, you choose, you either come, even with all your groans and your anger, just come. And, you know, there's a few times where I just, it almost made me mad, you know, that because worship, I knew that as soon as it would come, mm. the presence of God would come and I would be reduced to a bubbling brook. <laughs> and and that's intense, you know, but I knew that I had to do it. And sometimes when I couldn't in myself, you know, that's when you need your friends. Mm. I'd say, come on, you know, my girlfriend jumped into bed with me and, played you make me brave and i wanted to hit her over the head <laughs> with with the um, computer but you know it was the what i needed to hear yeah and we sang it and i wept and i wept and i wept and he was making me brave hmm. in the midst of it you know so i think when you can't do it yourself this is why we need church family we need church community to go hey you can't you can't but i can Sure. with you right now if there was one song off the album like a church church wants to do a congregational song which which song would you recommend to them it's hard i mean in our own church um i mean there's this great praise song which luke taylor actually our worship pastor wrote and um i just kind of helped helped it get along but he wrote it um first love which is a great praise song because great praise songs are few and far between. They are so much harder to write. Um, so that's great. But as far as a song of worship, one of the ones that's worked really well in our church is called Daylight. Mm. And I wrote it with um, just one of the great worship leaders up here in the region where we live. And um, it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So, you know, there's there's lots of congregate they're all written for congregation. That that's kind of my that's the only thing I'm I know. Hmm. <laughs> it's the only thing I'm any good at. True. <laughs> I've tried lot writing lots of others, but in the end, I'm a church girl. It's what it's what I am. Nice. I love it. Sure. Um, one more question. Our, our, we have a Facebook community and um, try to pray for everybody we get a chance to talk with. with are there, what, what can we be praying for you um, now? Ooh, um, well, look, I would love you to just keep praying that I get continued strength. You know, I, because of the medication I'm on, I, I have a lot of pain. Sure. So that is, um, I'd really appreciate that. And um, pray for our worship conference that, it's um, that we really encounter God and I don't want it to be like anything else we've ever been in. So, you know, I'm just really believing for something fresh and beautiful to happen in our midst. So, yeah, yeah. that would be amazing. Thank Great. you. That's it for this episode. We'll see you in the next one.